Hallelujah, Lord God. Come on, let's give God some praise. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Let's keep on worshiping him, hallelujah, because he's worthy. Hallelujah, Lord God, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Father God, we just ask and we pray that you be before Bishop this morning, Father God. We ask and we pray that you give him the words that you have to give to us, Father God. Be with him, Father God. Cover him, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Deliver the word, Father God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Hallelujah. Here's my worship. Hallelujah. Receive our worship, oh God. Father, we thank you and we, we bless you and we honor you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I know this is going to sound very weird this morning, but as we were in worship, I was watching the little daughter, Chloe, and um, she was fidgety because her mom was holding her. And I said to just put her. Hallelujah. 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 I said to put her down and just let her walk. And I begin to laugh because as soon as my daughter put her down and she began to walk, she came up to the front and she started walking around. And she started just walking around with the freedom just like a child does. And as I begin to laugh, I said, she has no shame to just walk around in the presence of God. And so I said to just, just, just let her go because I really believe that in the presence of the Lord is where we find the freedom to feel comfortable. The freedom that God gives to us and the freedom that is in the presence of God where you feel comfortable enough to raise your hands, where you feel comfortable enough to just open your mouth and to profess Hallelujah, that he's the Lord of Lord. He's the King of Kings where you're, where you're able to feel the freedom of God and the grace of God that allows you to win in worship, that allows you to overcome things in your life. And a lot of times when we come into the presence of God and we come into church and we're just really tensed and we're timid and, you know, we're afraid for people to see us lift our hands and afraid for people to hear us sing and to, to really express our heart and our love before God. But, but just like Chloe, just like the little daughter was doing, I, I believe that's the freedom that God wants you and I to have in worship where you can just walk and you can just feel free and you can just really love God from the place that you are. So I just want you to just raise your hand for the next moment and just say, here's my worship. Receive my worship. I, I want you to just feel the freedom of God. I, I want you to, to feel that freedom, to feel that freedom that's in the presence of God. The freedom of God, the love of God, the grace of God, that, that power that rest within us that grace come on feel that grace feel that power come on hallelujah be free to just worship be free to just lift your hands be free just just be free close your eyes if you have to but 
but be free enough to worship God. Be free enough to understand that there is freedom, there is liberty in the presence of the Lord, grace in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. You're worthy to be adored. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord, and we give you praise and we give you honor. Hallelujah. Let the words of my mouth. Hallelujah. Come on, say that. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thine sight, O Lord. For you are my strength and my redeemer. Come on, say, you're my strength and my redeemer. Come on, say it again. You're my strength and my redeemer. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. And we honor you in this place today. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Rock Church. It's the place where your life matters. Jesus matters. And worship matters all the time. In the presence of the Lord, we ask that you just, hallelujah, be free. If you didn't have a chance to give on this morning, I want you to be committed to that. Let her go. Just let her go. She's all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to see the childlike faith. Hallelujah. She doesn't know any better. She's just enjoying herself in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, welcome. Hallelujah. Welcome to week three of our Rock Life February worship sermon series called Renovate. Hallelujah. We bless you. Thank you, Charmaine, for worship on this morning to our ministry of worship team. Thank you, Jaira. Thank you to our media team, to all of you guys, and we really appreciate you. Thank you, Josh. Let's get right into the word of the Lord. We're going to be resting in the passage of Romans today, in the book of Romans, chapter number 12. We're going to be resting there in verse number 2. There's a lot of food, a lot of meat. There's a, there's a, plate, a plate that is packed just in verse number 2. Hallelujah. So we thank you. Standing in the large palaces of life, one may experience the unwavering moments when confronted with the world's view of truth. Remember, conformity to the world's way is never the best option for Christ-centered believers. I want you to just see that again. I want you to see that again. It says, standing in the large places of life. One may experience the unwavering moments when confronted with the world's view of truth. Remember, conformity to the world's way is never the best option for Christ-centered believers. For Christ-centered believers. Come on, let us, let's, let's, let's pray. As we pray today, I, I really want us to really focus in and I really want you to begin to to again, to, to do the self-examination as we pray this prayer today. Father, we thank you that this word that you placed in our hearts will reveal those spaces in our lives that need to be renovated, 
transformed and renewed. Father, may your word and your truth expose those areas in our lives that, have been, that we have conformed to. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A simple historical backdrop of Romans 12. We can see in verses number 2, verses 1 and 2, Paul exhorts the Christians by the mercies of God to devote themselves to him and to avoiding conformity to the world, to be conformed to his holy will. Verses 3 and 5 in chapter number 12, he talks about and he encourages them and he exhorts them to do what? To think humbly and soberly of themselves as members of one body. Verses 6 and 8 in this chapter, uh, he exhorts them to exercise faithfully their different gifts and to perform the duties of their several stations for the common benefit of the body. Verses 9 through 16 in Romans, he exhorts them to mutual love, diligence, patience, hope, prayer, hospitality, and compassion. When we look at verses 17 through 21, we can see that Paul exhorts them to be peaceable, uh, to be forgiving, and becoming in conduct towards all men. And he ends it out here in those verses between 17 and 21. And to preserving kindness to enemies as vengeance belongs to God. So we can see here throughout the entire chapter of chapter number 12 in Romans that Paul is exhorting the body. He's exhorting the members of the body to understand that you have a gift. If you have a gift, he wants you to operate diligently in that gift. He wants us to be sober in our grace, to not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. He, he, he exhorts this in this chapter, um, mutual love, patience, hope, prayer, hospitality, being compassion. And then I like this. Uh, he, he exhorts the body to do what? To be forgiving and becoming in our conduct towards one another. On today, I would, I would like us to set our thought and our attention uh, to Romans 12 and 2 as we continue to, to rebuild and to expand in our Christ-centered relationship. I, I really want us to dig a little further into the next space of this spiritual renovation that is taking place. Remember on last week, we set the pace with our definition for renovation. It means to restore to a former or better state as by cleaning, repairing, or rebuilding. It simply means to do what? To, to just to bring back to life by restoring its worth and its value. I want you to focus right there on verse number two. Verse number two, if you have your phone, I want you to open up your phone. I want you to go in your phone, and I really want you to look at this word. It's, it's very important that you follow the teaching. You just don't hear me teach, that you just don't um, take it for granted and just take that what I'm saying is just all the way true. It should be because I'm the preacher, but I really want you to see it because sometimes when you just hear it, it goes through one ear and out the other. But when you can see and you can follow along, you can begin to read the word. 
I really want you to begin to read your Bible. When you go home, or your homework for this week is to just simply just read through the chapter, read through chapter 12 in Romans. Just take your time. Take your time and just read through Romans 12. It's going to be a blessing to your life. Take that moment and just read. Study to live. You study to live. You study to live. So every time you open the book, every time you open the word of God, you should be finding something in there that causes you to live for Christ. You should be living through the life of Jesus Christ as you study. It says there in chapter number 12, verse number 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. I want to say that again. Paul is saying here, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Three things stand out in this verse as Paul exhorts the believer in the text. And I really believe that he wants us to be aware of certain moral behaviors that can distract and deter the believer from walking with Christ as they should. And he starts the text off here, uh, number one, by saying, and do not be conformed to this world. And do not be conformed to this world. I, I want you to see that right there. And do not be conformed to this world. And that the, the, the three key words right there really say, and do not. And do not be conformed. They, they place a strong emphasis on the beginning part of the verse. Paul engages his exhortation by saying that, after we, in verse number one, have offered ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, that we, in verse number two, that we should be intentional to not contaminate that which is holy and set apart unto the Lord in verse number one. In verse number one, he says, uh, I urge you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable portion of worship. And then he exhorts it and he moves it. And he says, this is why I want you to offer your body as a living sacrifice. And he says, and do not be conformed. And do not be conformed to this world. That really means what Peter, first Peter echoes that in one and four. He says, uh, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust, which were yours in your ignorance. Paul is saying, don't go back to the former ignorance that you once had before you walked into the new creation of your life in Christ. The moment that you became saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, fire baptized, speaking in tongues, wh whatever you want to call it, uh, you left your former ignorance of lust, the, the lust of the world, the lust of the former age. Paul is saying, do not be conformed to your former ignorance. 
Come on now, uh, the ignorance before you were saved. Come on now, he, he gives you an out there. You were ignorant to the things of God before you were saved. Uh, we were all ignorant to the, to the things of Christ before we accepted him as our Lord and our Savior. Uh, we were all ignorant to the, to the new creation that God had ordained for us before we got saved. And so Paul is saying here, uh, do not be conformed to the former world that you you were once a part of. Come on now. You've left that part of the world. You, you've left that part of your life. So he says, leave it there. Do not be conformed. Come on now. Uh, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the former lust and greed and the pride of life that can overtake us. That word conform there in the text, uh, it means not to be fashioned. Don't, don't be fashioned or take on the model or likeness uh, uh, of the age of the world that Christ has redeemed you from. Be careful that you don't go back and conform to the former things that Christ has redeemed you from. Be careful that you don't go back and that you don't fashion, that you don't liken, that you don't model, that you don't become the image of what was. Come on now. Uh, be careful that you don't conform to the systems of the things that God has pulled you away from. Come on now. Think about the life. That God pulled you away from. Think about the worldly things that God pulled you away from. He says that whatever you do, don't conform to that world again. Don't conform to the former lust that Christ has redeemed you and saved you from. Galatians 1 and 4 teaches, He who gave himself that he might, listen at this, that he might rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of God and the Father. Do not be conformed to this present evil age that wants to bring you back into the former things that God has already redeemed and resurrected you from. Don't conform. Whatever you're going through, don't conform. God wants to do what? He wants to renovate that space in your life that has become attached and conformed to the evil age of this present world. Those spaces where self and carnality have taken up residence in our lives. God wants to do what? He wants to renovate those hidden areas that are not seen to the natural eye. Your friend can't see them. Your mama can't see them. Your co-worker can't see them. But God can see that there are some areas in your life that you have conformed to uh, the former lust, the former things of your life. It's that space that he wants to renovate on today. The, it, 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 it's, it's those spaces in your life that you've got to take self-examination of what areas in my life am I reconforming to uh, the former things that God has already redeemed me from God has already resurrected me from uh, my life hallelujah is in the hand of Jesus Christ and so Paul says that as you set your life in a place where you offer your life as a living sacrifice don't conform to the former things of this present evil age. Come on now. 
uh, as, you, as, you, as you do this, we did this on last week, close your eyes. I, I want you to close your eyes here, and I want you to take a self-examination of the hidden areas in your life that you've conformed to, the former things that you've went back to, the, those former things that you have adopted and those former things that you have attached yourself to. God says, that's the place that I want to renovate. That that's the place that I want to sit in. That that's the place where I want to abide in. I was once living there. I was once abiding there. But because of situation and circumstance, you've conformed back to your former life. The place where you don't trust. The place where you really don't believe like you used to believe. Come on now. The place where faith is lacking in your life. Come on now, I, I want you to see that those places that you have aligned and attached and associated in your heart and in your spirit, the former things that, that, that want to reconnect itself to you. He says, don't conform and do not be conformed. Do not be aligned, attached, associated. Don't, don't model yourself after the present evil age of this world. Come on now. When you say evil, come on now. The things that will cause you to denounce Christ in your life. The things that will cause prayer to decrease in your life. Come on now. The things that will cause uh, faith to decrease in in your life he says stay away from that present evil age come on now uh, the things of this world that can tell you that you can pray but you never have to say Jesus come on now uh, uh, that'll tell you that you can live in this world but you don't have to have God in your life uh, uh, you can love people but you don't have to love them with God in your life come on now how can you love somebody and not love them with the love of God don't go back to the former things. Come on now. If we, as the body of Christ, the redeemed, those who have been resurrected with Christ, who is now seated at the right hand of the Father, if we are to fend off this present and evil age, we cannot, we cannot conform to the gods of false and incorrect teachings of Christ that dilute the truth and gospel of Christ's works. Come on now, we, we, we've got, we cannot conform to the gods of false and incorrect teachings of Christ that dilute the true gospel of Christ's works. We've got to be careful that we don't conform uh, to a system that says that immoral living is okay. We've got to be careful to teach our children uh, that immoral conduct uh, is not Christ-centered living. Come on now. Uh, he says to love your neighbors. He didn't say that you had to like them. He says to love your neighbors. Come on now. He says to, to, to forgive those who, who, who faithfully persecute you, who diligently hate on you and talk about you. We've got to be careful that we don't conform to a present evil age that says, I have an eye for an eye. Come on now, we, we've got to be careful. I, I'm not saying that, that you should just let people walk up to you and punch you in the face. No, no, that, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we've got to keep Christ in our life so that we know how to respond 
so that we know how to clap back so so that we don't go back to the former things where I would get into a fight and I would cuss you out you gotta you gotta stay away from that you cannot conform to that present age come on now uh, when the enemy comes after me now I'll go in my prayer closet and I'll begin to pray come on now when things get tough come on now I won't break down like I used to but I'll learn how to stand in the midst of trial and temptation I'll learn how to endure I'll learn how how to be faithful but he says whatever you do do not conform to this uh second corinthians 4 4 says in whose case the god of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of christ who is the image of God? Come on now. Uh, the reason that the enemy wants you to conform is because he wants to blind your mind. Come on now. The scripture says here, uh, whose case in whose case the God of this world, whatever engraven image, whatever idol you're worshiping, uh, uh, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Who is the image of God? Come on now. Don't conform to the God of the present evil age. Come on now. Uh, uh, you've got to begin to examine what graven images have I conformed to in my life. Uh, uh, what idols do I have in my life right now that are blinding me from seeing the true image of God in my life. Come on now. Come on now. Paul says, do not be conformed, but then he goes a little further, and then he says, number two, uh, but be transformed, here it is, by the renewing of your mind. Number one, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but then he says, so that you're not conformed to this world, he says, but be transformed. Come on, somebody say, transformed. Come on, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on now. Uh, 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 when we look at this next portion of the verse, uh, Paul exalts the believer into a place where transformation and the inward renewal of the mind takes place. And it safeguards the believer from conforming to the present and evil age of this world. But be transformed by doing what? By allowing a radically inward change to occur in one's what? Character or nature. Come on now. He says be transformed, but you have to allow something radical to happen in your life so that what? It can change your character and your nature. Come on now. He says be transformed in your character and your nature inwardly. Come on now, transformation and renewal doesn't take place from the outside to the inside. It, it takes place from the inside to the outside. When something is transformed in your life, when, when something is renewed in your life, there has to be a radical inward occurrence that is allowed to make that happen. Come on now, uh, let, 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 let's keep working. Uh, when we are transformed uh, by God, by the Holy Ghost, come on now. Romans 13, 14 says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, hear this, and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. So if I'm going to be transformed, it means that I've got to put on Christ. 
That means that I've got to be in Christ. Come on now. That means that I've got to be walking with Christ so that I won't conform to a former to a former world that desires to do what? To pull me back. That desires to distract and to deter. Come on now. The present the present and evil age is in competition with your transformation. That's why you've got to be transformed by putting on, here it is, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can do what? You cannot make any provisions for the flesh. Don't make any provisions for your flesh. Our transformation takes place by putting on Christ and taking on what? His likeness, his image, his character, his nature. Our transformation in Christ makes no provision for the flesh to live or to have its way in my life. Uh, come on, hear this. Our transformation in Christ, it does what? It avoids and disregards the lustful things of this present evil age my transformation come on now when I'm transformed in Christ come on now the Christ that is living the ascended Christ not just the resurrected Christ not just the born Christ not the Christ who died on the cross but we're talking about transformation that occurs with the living and ascended Christ that is seated at the right hand of God come on now a Christ that is living in your life has to be a part that's where the transformation takes place come on hear it again our transformation takes place by putting on Christ and taking on his likeness his image his character his nature our transformation your transformation my transformation uh, in Christ it makes no provisions for my flesh to feel good. It doesn't give in to my flesh. It doesn't make an appointment with my flesh. Come on now. It's not, it's not giving in to what my flesh desires to have. Come on now. Our transformation in Christ, it avoids and disregards the lustful things of this present and evil age. Hear this. True Christ-centered transformation does not occur fully until we work through the renewing of our mind. Come on, put your, put your, put your hand on your, on your mind and say, Lord, renew my mind. Come on, come on, put your, put your hand there and say, Lord, renew my mind. Come on now. True Christ-centered transformation does not occur fully until we work through, until we work through the process of renewing our mind but be ye transformed hear this by the renewing of your mind it refers to the renewal of thought and will hear this which the Christian constantly need if they are to show by their moral conduct that they belong to the new age. Come on, that, that, that means that, that you belong to the new age of Christ-centered living, that you are no longer connected and you reflect the former lust of what Christ has redeemed you from. When you walk in true renewal, come on now, uh, it, has to, it has to deal with the moral conduct, your will, your character, come on now. Uh, it starts with your spirit, come on now. Uh, my spirit is being renewed. 
so that my soul will conquer the things that try to pull me back. Come on now. Are y'all hearing this? Come on now. My mind is renewed by the spirit of God. Come on now. By the spirit of God. And then I like what it says here. It says, by their moral conduct that belongs to the new age and are members of the new humanity. Can, can I just say this here? When you accepted Christ into your life, you walked into a new humanity. Everything about your life became new. Everything about your life is new. You're walking and living in Christ means that you're no longer living under the forming human lust that, that brought you and, into a place of sin. But the moment that Christ redeemed and resurrected you by the power of his death, by the power of his resurrection, uh, you he brought you into a place of newness, new living, new thinking. Everything about your life is new. This is why Paul says, don't be conformed to the former world because you've already been made new. Come on now. You've already been clean. Come on now. You've already been given a clean slate. Everything about your life in Christ is new. Come on now. But what the enemy wants you to think is that your life is still dirty. Come on now. Uh, your flesh wants you to think that your life is still messed up and jacked up. But when you live in Christ, you understand that he's redeemed you. And so you've got to walk into true transformation and the renewing of character, the renewing of conduct, the renewing of your will. Come on, hear it. Come on, hear it. Colossians 3.10 says, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Come on now. When my mind is renewed, come on now. When you, when you look at this, come on now. Uh, uh, renewed. Uh, having put on. Can you put that back up there? Having put on the new self. Come on now. I need you to understand that when your mind is renewed, God allows you to do what? To put on something new. Everything about you is new. Who is being renewed to, true, to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Come on, let's keep working. Come on, let's keep working. Come on now. The renewing of your mind is connected to an inward renewal, which affects the center of personal life, which flows through the spirit of God who dwells and works in the Christian. Come on now. Uh, so my transformation, my renewal has to come through what? Christ. Come on now. It has to come through the Holy Spirit. Come on now. The Holy Ghost. When we, when we came up, we called it the Holy Ghost. Come on now. Uh, think about it. Uh, the Holy Ghost that is working in your life. The, the Holy Ghost brings about true transformation and renewal. Come on now. Romans 8, 9, 13. I got a lot of words for you today. However, you are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Read the word. Come on now. If you really want true transformation, if Christ is not living in you, then you don't belong to him. If Christ is not moving in you, then that means that you don't belong to him. If Christ is not the center, he's not the focus of your life, then that means that you don't belong to him. 
It means that somewhere in your life, you're serving another God. And the Bible says that you can't serve two masters. You got to choose which one you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on now. Come on now. Uh, uh, Verse number 10. If Christ is in you. Though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit, verse 11, of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your moral bodies through through what? His spirit who dwells in you. Come on now. Transformation. Renewal of my mind comes through what? My life in Christ. Without Christ, there can be no Christ-centered transformation. Uh, Without Christ, there can be no uh, Christ-centered counseling that you really need. I know that we have counseling. I I know that we go to therapy. It's really really good. It's great in your life. But I want to talk to you about spiritual transformation. Spiritual renewal starts with Christ being in your life. The spirit of Christ that lives in me. Come on now, verse number 12. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Verse 13. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. Come on now. But if the spirit you are putting to death the deeds. But if you live by the spirit, you are putting to death the deeds of the body and you will live. Come on now. If, if you're living by the flesh, then that means that you're not dead. It means that your desire, your will, your character is overruling God's likeness, his image, his likeness in your life. But if the spirit of God is in you, then it causes the deeds of your flesh, the deeds of your body to die. Come on now. We, we used to hear that. Come on now. I'm living because God has increased his spirit in me. And for God to increase his spirit in me so that Christ can rule my life, that means that I've decreased. I've got I've to I've die to my fleshly living. Come on. Come on now. But be transformed into something new, being new in Christ by the renewing of one's thought that takes place through the word of God. You you cannot live a Christ-centered life without the word of God being in your life. Anything that is apart from the word of God is the former present evil age. It's not of God. If the word of God can't confirm it in your life, then you need to, you need to judge that word. Come on now. If you're, if you're dealing with some things in your life and you can't go to the word of God and get a solution, then you're not in Christ. You need to check your Holy Spirit. You need to check your salvation. Come on now. The word of God, the word of God is full of everything that you need. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, here it is a new creation. He is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Come on now. Any man who is in Christ, come on now. Anyone who is in Christ, old things 
the former world, the present evil age of the former lust that you've been redeemed from. He says, you are now what? New. New. Behold, all things have become new. I like this. Repeat after me. True transformation by the renewing of my mind comes by the Holy Spirit. Come on, I want you to say it. Say true transformation by the renewing of my mind comes by the Holy Spirit. Come on, say it one more time. True transformation by renewing of my mind comes by the Holy Spirit. True transformation. The renewing of your mind. Titus 3 and 5 says, He saved us, not based on the deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to what? His mercy by the washing of regeneration. That word regeneration, what are, what are you talking about? That which has become new or having a new genesis. Woo, come on now. Think about it. As God renovates it, as God transforms our lives, as we renew, something new is going to occur in my life. A new genesis is going to occur. What used to be will no longer be. Come on now. And when I walk out of here today, I'm walking in a new genesis. I'm walking in a new place in Christ. I'm walking in some new things that I've never imagined that I could walk in because I really didn't understand what Christ really means to my life. He means that everything about you is new. Everything about you is connected to his promise, his will. Come on now. When we think about it, here we go. Let's finish it. Let's finish it. Come on now. Uh, number three, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here it is. Here it is. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Paul's teaching moves us into this last portion of the verse by saying that after we have been transformed by the renewing of my mind, then we must do what? Prove what the will of God is. Your transformation, the renewing of your mind, your, your Christ-centered relationship is now postured to do what? To prove what the will of God is. That word prove in the text means uh, to learn or to discern. What the will of God is. Ephesians 5 and 10 says that we should be trying to learn to know what is pleasing to the Lord. And in verse number 17, it says, so don't be foolish, but understand, comprehend what the will of the Lord is. When you understand who Christ is, you're always going to know, you always want to know what's your will. What's your will for me? Come on now, we, we taught it. Come on, you got to be able to set your mind on things that Christ is concerned about. Uh, knowing what the will of God is, is to do what? It's to know what pleases him. His desires, his ways, his nature, his character, his laws, and his commands. Uh, to know God's will is to know him. Come on now. Uh, it's, it's just like your children. To know your children is for your children to know you. Come on now. The only way that your children know you is that you learn to do what? Know them. It's a twofold relationship. Your children cannot know you if you don't know them. Your children can't reflect the grace 
and the peace and the prosperity that lies in the parent's life if the parents don't know how to apply that same grace to their children. To know God's will is to know him, to know him, him, God, himself, his likeness, his image, his character. He's patient. He's loving. Come on now. He's gentle. Come on now, he's kind. The fruits of the Spirit. Come on now. Uh, to know God is to know that he's a loving God. He's a caring God. He's a terrible God. He's a judging God. He chastises. He corrects. Uh, to know his will is to know him. Romans 12 and 18 says, and to know his will and to approve the things that are essential being instructed of the law. Let's keep pushing. Acts 2, 24, uh, Acts 22 and 14. Paul has just encountered God on the road to Damascus. And while he's on the road to Damascus, he walks into who? He walks into Ananias. And Ananias says to him in verse 14, the God of our fathers has appointed to know his will, appointed you to know his will and to the righteous one and to hear the utterance. From his mouth. Learning and discerning the will of God. What is good, excellent. What is acceptable, that which is pleasing. What is perfect, not lacking in any moral quality. It's complete without flaw. Come on now. The law of the Lord is perfect. Come on now. Timothy says that all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Verse number 17 says, so that men, so that the men of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Come on, let's end it right here. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. I, I really want you to understand that in this season, that Christ has to be the center of your life and your life has to be the center of Christ's will of God's will for you Christ has to be the center of my life but then I have to allow my life to be the center of God's will his plans for me come on now you, 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 heard, our, you heard our thought for today Standing in the large places of life, one may experience the unwavering moments when confronted with the words, with the world's view of truth. Remember, conformity to the world's way is never the best option for Christ-centered believers. If Christ is living in your life, then you cannot conform to the world's view of how you should be raising your children. We cannot conform to the world's view of Christ's behavior and conduct that should be reflected in our life. We cannot be connected or associated with those things that don't reflect Christ. Come on now. I, I, I don't need to call it out. Come on, do a personal example. What are those areas in my life that God wants to 
renovate, that God wants to restore, that, that, that God wants to, to move out the dirty furniture. He, he wants to tear down the walls and, 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 and he wants to rebuild it so that when you walk back into it, it'll be new as if you've never seen it before. Come on now. He wants to transform your life. Come on, lift your hands and say, Lord, I receive. Come on, I, I receive. I receive what you have for me. Come on, repeat this after me. Father, thank you for your word today. I ask that you grant us the power to live out the word that was spoken through your manservant today. Lord, allow us to escape the places in our lives that caused us to conform to the panic and disparity of a dark world. Grant us wisdom and understanding so that we may have, so that we may learn and discern your will. Father, may our spirits be transformed and our minds renewed by the Holy Spirit. Father, let this prayer be my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. You're here today and you're saying, Bishop, I, I simply just want to reconnect. I want to recommit. I want to reconcile my Christ-centered life back today. If you're here, I want you to just raise your hand. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I, I want to walk in the newness of Christ. I, I, I'm tempted, Father God. I'm, I'm dealing. I, I'm right on the edge of, of conforming to the former lust and the, and the present evil age of what I've been redeemed from. I just need you to stand in agreement that, that I'm going to allow Christ to live in my life. That I'm going to live in the newness of Christ. That I'm going to walk in the will of God. That I'm going to know him. And because I know him, I understand and I'm learning what his will is for my life. If you're here today, I just want you to just simply put your hand up so that I can pray for you. If you want me to pray for you, come on, just, just come right here and I'll just touch you. I'll lay, lay my hands on you. Come on, don't be afraid. Come on. I've, I've been out of the will of God. I've conformed to some things that I should not have, but I heard the word today, and the word says for me today that because Christ is in my life, it means that I have the power and the authority to experience a Christ-centered life that says that everything about my life is new. The former things of my life are no longer existing. But because I'm new in Christ, I'm learning to understand His will for my life. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, put your hands together. Amen. Amen. If you didn't have a chance to give your time, Give your offering on today to sow your love seed.
I want you to be responsible today. I want you to be committed to honoring God. Your tithe is a covenant. It's a covenant that you make with God. Your offering is what opens up the windows of blessing so that the Lord will pour you out the blessings where you won't have room enough to receive. Your seed, your seed that you sow, the seed that you sow into the life of your men of God, the, the seed that's your harvest, that's your return. Hallelujah. We love you. We appreciate you. I want to encourage each and every one of you to meet us here every Sunday morning. We made a commitment to God. And God just wanted me to, to remind you of our commitment, our commitment. We made a commitment as a church that we would pray for 22 Sundays that would lead us up into the Sunday of Pentecost. That you and I will meet here every Sunday at 9 a.m. to pray, to consecrate to seek God, to seek his face, to hear him, to learn of him. I can guarantee you when you walk in, there's already a powerful move of God happening. I appreciate you. I love you. Have a great day today. May the blessing of the Lord rest in your life. We bless you and we honor you. We thank you. We create those relevant moments where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place. We are the Rock Church, the place where your life matters, Jesus matters, and worship matters all the time. Have a great day. God bless. Peace to the family, peace to the bishop, and peace to us all. God bless.